This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 753. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review from the weekend just gone. Bit in Sheffield, bit in Manchester, bit in Toledo. We'll get all to that in a minute. Before we do, though, if this is the first time you've ever come to us, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Audio feeds galore there. And there's also a push towards our YouTube channel where we are uploading day-by-day content, whether it be boxing, whether it be MMA, whatever tickles you fancy. You might like both. It's all there for you. We are the UK's number one, the multi-award winning Fight Disciples. All right? So if it is literally a, a new relationship, Let's make this a long time thing, all right? Hit the button, subscribe to us, whether it's audio or whether it's visual, we are here for you, fightdisciples.com. Got a little bit of um, a caveat to throw on today's show, haven't we? Let's be straight, right? We've got to be dead honest with people that are listening to the programme that know full well that we consume hours and hours and hours of fight sports content just for everybody's uh, thirst to quench it on a on a week-by-week basis. It is currently... 19 minutes past seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. That's right. The morning after the night before. You're getting your stuff early this week. The reason for it is because me and this lad here, we're clearing off to uh, Vegas tomorrow to cover the UFC. Today, he's participating in a charity football match. I've got my kids on the kickboxing mat very shortly to do their gradings. We ain't got any time whatsoever in order to get this podcast out. This is the earliest we've had to get up. Look at you. I know your, heart, your heart's bleeding for us. You don't give a shit. You just wanted your podcast, don't you? But the caveat that I'm throwing out is I haven't watched any of Sheffield, right? Ooh, oh, unlucky. <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen Dalton's knockout. That's it. I haven't seen any of the any other stuff. So therefore, if you're expecting yeah. a back and forth between me and him, I'm not going to blag it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be dead honest. I haven't seen the Sheffield card. I had to sit through everything at Manchester, of which we'll come to uh in fact, I tell you what. Seeing as that it is so early in the morning, I've got up. I had a black coffee. I, this is how. This is how. This is how dedicated I am to the show. I haven't even cleaned my teeth, mate. Right? I've just. Cut, I've just got up. I've nice put a top on. I've got myself my black coffee, and I'm sat here, and I'm ready to listen to you tell me how good Sheffield was and boast, right? Because you started doing it last night whilst I'm sat ringside watching <laughs> watching that main event, which I'll get to in a minute. He's sending me text messages going. Hmm, what do you think of this? Like proper sarcastic. Sheffield's amazing. You should be watching it. Yeah, fuck off. I'm working, mate. <laughs> that's the beauty of that's why I didn't go to uh <clears throat> to Manchester, because of course, you know, I was tempted to go, obviously, Tasha involved. In fact, I was incredibly tempted to go down to Sheffield and I don't know. Mate, half of Liverpool were there. Half of Liverpool yeah. were in Manchester last night. It was of crackers. Absolutely, mate. I'm in a couple of different groups, including the uh, the charity football match, which I'm playing in later today. That group was alive because there was a few fellas uh, and, and ladies from the group that had gone mm. up to Manchester to watch Tasha, who's also playing in the charity game today. <clears throat> but of course, I wanted to go down to Sheffield as well because I, I'm a big fan of Sam Maxwell, but I'm also a big fan of, uh, of Mr. Smith. So it was, uh, in the end, I think I made the right decision to stay at home because Sheffield was where it was at. But I was able to stay across Manchester. And then when Sheffield finished, I jumped on and watched Manchester with the beauty of a fast forward button. And boy, did that come in handy with that Manchester card at times. All right. All right. Unlike you no. have seen everything. And I was up early this morning with the chickens. So uh, I even caught up with everything that went down in Toledo, Ohio as well. Have you watched UFC? Enough. Ah, well, I've done that. So therefore, UFC show will be my show, all right? I'll do <laughs> UFC show. <laughs> you can tell me. Right, I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to feel like a listener here that's not consumed any of the content that comes to us on a Monday normally to say, right, what lad's going to tell me to go watch fight-wise? I'll sit here now. What fight should I download for our flight to uh, Las Vegas? What should I be watching from Sheffield, Nicholas? What tickled you? Well, I'll just... I was just going to say, obviously, you were you were there in Manchester, so you know there was there was nothing in Manchester worth downloading. But in Sheffield, whoa, 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 stop, stop! Right, there's lots to talk about from Manchester, and I'll get to that in a minute. Right, correct. Go on, go on. But unlike Manchester, there was a couple of crackers in Sheffield. I've got to be honest with you, and it started pretty early on as well with uh, Beatrice Ferreira when she took on Carla Ramos Zamora. Now, Fejia 
is a former standout super amateur star that obviously Eddie has signed. She's Brazilian, mm. and she's like she's basically like the fucking Lomachenko of of female boxing. She's lost, you know, less than half, less than a dozen fights in about one hundred odd fights. You know, multi time medalist, silver medalist from the last Olympic Games. She's all that. And obviously, Eddie signed her. Eddie said to her, listen, I'm going to put you on a showcase in this gorgeous spot of England called Sheffield. I'm going to show you to the world, young lady. You're going to be a superstar. And they wheeled it out, and the commentary team were giving it the big and going, this is it. This girl's the female llama. She's done everything there is to do. That's why she's being fast-tracked. That's why she's moving forward. And they announced the opponent. <clears throat> Game is a Badger Mexican, Carla Ramos Zamora. With a is that ten... a nickname? Is that a nickname? Game is a Badger Mexican. <laughs> is that what they announced it as? I can imagine Diamante <laughs> doing that, actually. Please welcome to the ring. Game is a Badger Mexican. <laughs> Zamora. <laughs> Zamora. And obviously Diamante's nice. passion. But she's got a 10-9-1 record, and you're like, mm. the Brazilians here. Now, disclaimer here. As you can imagine, with us going away this week, Jane has had me doing jobs left, right, and centre, especially because I'm fucking off to play football today. So I'm filthy, and I'm like, right, the boxing's starting. Tell you what, I'll run the bath, have a soak in the bath before I settle down. And I thought, right, I'll just it's throw not an this image on, that the it... people need, man. It's not an image that the people uh, need. They don't, don't know, need you know, to know that you're bollocko like watching the boxing. And uh, <clears throat> so this was the off the bell or the on the bell, whatever it's called, matchroom stream it on their social channels or whatever. They put mm. this fight on. And I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Mate, swear to God, them shadow boxing in the bath. It was fucking majestic. Feheia, mm. I've got to say, Feheia has got it all. Like, super talented, massive, big, boulder shoulders, just like, really tidy boxer, blows up on every shot, and I'm like, meh, I'd pay to watch her fight. I get it. I get the, the pedigree, I get the razzmatazz, I get the momentum, I understand mm. why the comedy team are getting carried away. Yes, the eye test says, fuck me, she's ready. And they're going, yeah, bring on Delphine Pursun, bring on whoever. She's only This is only a third professional fight, but like she's it. ready. Meanwhile, in the other corner, game as a badge as a mora, is just a typical... No one heard of her until she stepped in the ring, Mexican. You know what Eddie's like of bringing these Mexicans Has over? Has she gone full Maurizio Lara? She went full Maurizio Lara. <laughs> Honestly, in fact, you know what? That's not accurate. She went full Terminator 2. Wow. Remember Arnie and Terminator 2? You, you, you just couldn't stop the fucker. You just could not stop her. And she walked through everything. And then she started fucking throwing bombs back as well. Honestly, it was it was a, it was only eight twos, but mate, one hundred percent worth downloading for the flight. It was fucking belter. Obviously, Fahia won. She won it at a canter. I'm not saying it was a close fight, but Zamora made a way for every minute of every round, and Fahia was hitting her with shots, and you could see her double taking as if to go, "You're supposed to fall over when that happens." And Zamora's just like, more, more. She was fucking mad as a box of frogs. Boss. Mate, you're, you're going to be getting a call from Eddie or someone at Matchroom, and they're going to be offering you a gig, man, because you have <laughs> sold the fucking living daylights out of that mega. There you it was go. Mega. There you go. Shocked me. It shocked me because it was mega. Uh, also in, also in Sheffield. All, all, by the way, all. Whilst he was in the bath. Correct. <laughs> there you go. Think of that what you will. Yeah, uh, go on. Also, and it lived up to the hype. We tipped it on Thursday on the preview show on Thursday. We said, Louis of Sylvester. course, it's all about the main event. It's all about the British Commonwealth title fight. But Come Lewis on. Sylvester versus Adam Cope, English title fight, two undefeated fighters, Scarborough versus Hull. You've got Sylvester, who comes from this tight-knit family that's, you know, proper su success story. Didn't know he was going to be, uh, you know, turn pro. It's all going right for him. He gets an opportunity on the telly at last. Cope, as you know, is one of about 15 Cope brothers. They're yeah. all professional boxers, proper fighting family. Mate, it was a belter. Honestly, 10 rounds. 
I scored it 6-4 in favour of Sylvester, which is, I think, exactly how the three judges scored it as well, which was nice to see a proper scorecard come out. Cope done really well. It was <laughs> I love a, that. Just... I love that. They matched my scorecard, so they absolutely 100% all got Correct. it right. Well done, lads. Correct. You've been ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> they did well. They've done well, the lads. The, the beauty of it was, though, was that it would swing. It wasn't like momentum, right. momentum, shift, whatever. It was like, Sylvester starts well, okay. Cope responds. Sylvester gets around it. Adam oh, Cope's a good fighter, Mate, good. honestly, it was a cracking little 10-rounder. You know, not the greatest fight of all time. We know where no. these guys are at. They're early in their careers. You know, yeah, a proper great English title fight, good knock. Can Adam Cope come again? Absolutely. Has Lewis Sylvester just bagged the biggest win of his record so far? Absolutely. Can he move? Mate, brilliant. And I tweeted straight away afterwards. I'm like, broadcasters, and listen, Eddie's done it here, and we need to encourage more of it yeah. because you and me, obviously, every week we're scouring and we're mostly looking for TV shows. That's where the tension's going to be. But how often do we see central area, southern area, English title fights happening up and down the country every weekend off TV. And meanwhile, yeah. we go, right, let's review, let's preview this TV card. And it's like, right, the co-main event is a WBA, I mean, fucking Nan's old arsehole belts from <laughs> Istanbul, whatever. And you're just like, what's the point when on the same night, on the other side of London, someone's mm. fighting for the Southern area title, two undefeated guys. They're the Put fights that, that should make up these undercards. And this Sylvester versus Cope was exactly that. It delivered like we said it would deliver. Mate, superb. And it kicked off the televised portion of the card as well. All right. You, you, go on. Keep going. You're making me a bit jealousy. How did Hopi Price get on? Mate, he looked great. And, and we said, didn't we, Jimmy Beach Jr. is a good little benchmark for him. Yeah. Um, the right opponent at the right time. You know, okay, James Beach, you know, is struggling to put two or three wins together these days. But in terms of being a barometer for Hopi Price and where he's at, he would ask certain questions. He wouldn't let him get away with anything. And he kept them honest. And, uh, you know, for as long as it lasted, I think got stopped in the seventh. By then, Beach was cut over both eyes. I think there were head clashes, though. But Hopi looked great. You know, you know how I feel about Hopi Price. I'm a big fan. He's got so much talent and ability. Starting to really starting to sit down on his shots a little bit now as well. Generate a bit more power. I think he's come through a lot on his personal life, hasn't he, Hopi? So he's 11-0 now. He's ready to move on again. You know, I think it's time for to be talking about British title fights and things like that for him. But he looked good. And likewise, Corner pulled him out, didn't they? Corner pulled there. Yeah, they pulled Beach out. Yeah, as I say, he was cut over both eyes. But he'd lost every round, Adam. It was an intelligent corner move because he weren't going to win the fight. He wasn't going to turn the fight around. Hope he was in well in the ascendancy. He was just getting busted up. You know, it, the cuts were just getting worse. And it was like, you know what? Save him for another day. This isn't his day, so get him out. So I've got no issue with that good. whatsoever. Good. Um, I'm, well, I'm glad there's been some good corner work because I've got to mourn about some corner work in Manchester coming up in a minute. All right? Can there I? you go. Uh, Tony Dixon, listen, came, give it a good old go, as he always does. But, you know, we know where we're at with Pat McCormack. Pat McCormack. If he doesn't at least challenge for a world title one day, then he won't have lived up to his potential. Um, he's so strong. He's so talented. He's so quick. Mm. But it's the fight IQ on the kid. You know, I know he's, you know, a bit, a bit of a loose cannon outside the ring. Uh, he's calmed he's down a bit, I think, recently. He's a wild lad. Yeah. Well, he's that too, hasn't he? Because, you know, he'd end up in fucking jail the way they were carrying on. <laughs> but he just seems to have settled down now. Yeah. And it was nice to hear from him and Ben Davidson afterwards about where he's at. You know, they, they haven't quite got a plan for him yet because he is only five fights into his career still. But he's just got it. You know, when you just see a kid and think, fucking hell, mate, he's got it. He's got it. Got everything he needs to, to really become a superstar in this sport. All he needs now is fights. It's just activity. I hope they mm -hmm. keep him domestic. I hope they pay people well domestically to keep up building that domestic ranking and we move them through the old-fashioned way rather than bringing in international foes. Um, but yeah, he looked great. He looked really good. And then obviously that set up the main event.
And in terms of fighters delivering, that's what Pat McCormick does when the cameras are on, he delivers. And that's really mm. important. And that's something Hopi Price has had to learn, but he's had that from day one. Dalton Smith has been exciting, super talented, the prospect we know he is. And then he got to a certain level a year ago. He won the British title after Maxwell relinquished. He had a couple of defences, and you were kind of like, oh, where's he at? Where's he at right now? And that was the rhetoric we were selling on Thursday. Is it the level of – is it the ambition in the opponents that's mm-hmm. stifling his performances? Has he hit a ceiling with his performances? Where is Dalton Smith at exactly? Is Sam Maxwell, who's got ambition, the perfect opponent to make to, for Dalton Smith to shine and look good? Well, the answer to that is quite clearly yes. He mm-hmm. looked absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Again, another fight which was uh, made bloody by a, a, some head clashes. I don't think there was anything in the head clashes from Maxwell. It was just a clash of styles, really, just the way they were both moving forward. There was nothing uh, There was nothing dodgy in it at all. But Dalton did end up with a couple of bad cuts over both eyes. But they were the, the headbutts were kind of the cleanest shots that Sam Maxwell landed, mm. albeit accidentally. He just, for me, look at, from Sam Maxwell's perspective, he's had one fight in a year. It was a six-round knockover fight warm-up after he lost the IBO, but, uh, the IBO opportunity thing, which he gave his British title up for. You can't go into a fight against someone as talented as Dalton Smith and not have your timing, Bob, on, which is what you get from being active, being busy. Not when you're 34 years of age, not when you're fighting a kid who's only 26 and has had four fights, four fights, three British title fights in that same time frame that yeah, you've had fast, one six-rounder. Because Dalton flew out, flew out the traps, and Sam Maxwell was moving back in straight lines a little bit. Um, was trying to get the jab going, but every time he threw the jab, before it even landed on Dalton or landed on Dalton's gloves, Dalton Smith would crack him with the right hand. He was just way too quick for him, way too quick. And then when he started having success, <clears throat> Maxwell started t- moving back in straight lines, looking like he was he didn't want to be in there, and Dalton Smith just pounced on him and took that opportunity. He looked brilliant. There's, there's no other way to describe it. Dalton Smith looked phenomenal, and then he took Maxwell out <clears throat> in style. One mm. shot, knockout, phenomenal. He's an elite counterpuncher, isn't he? I haven't, I haven't seen the contest yesterday. I've, I've seen the finish, but he is an elite counterpuncher. He's Dalton Smith, and to hear what you've just said about his performance against Sam Maxwell, it's not surprising. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him next because he seems to have clocked now that British domestic level, doesn't he? What do they do? Do they find that European level opponent? Is that where they move him? What did he say post fight? Did he do an interview? Did he say what he wants to do? Well, a lot of the chat uh, within the, within the team, because uh, I turned over obviously to watch to watch Manchester, so I didn't see the post fight. But I had a couple of messages from people on the inside of the camp <clears throat> who had said congratulations, and they come back and said, you know, we're we're, we're trying to move towards a catch-all fight. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa I'm not available. I'm. Oh, you mean the? Oh, you you mean me, mate? I mean Jack. <laughs> And I'm just like, pump the brakes on that one because with all due respect, Catrell is on a different level. Catrell's already in world class and there's a couple of opponents out there for Dalton Smith. (laughs) Have you swallowed some of it? What's up with you? I know, yeah. So early in the morning. So a couple of opponents perfect for Dalton Smith, which I was moving towards now. And that's, he's he's won the British title outright. That was his third successful defence in 12 months. So that's Mm. done. That's on, that's on Grant's mantelpiece sound. Where do we move forward from here? I think going to the next level of international, but also I, I would keep it domestic. You know, there's, there's big you? fights out there with the likes of Robbie Davis Jr., Harlem Eubank, Lewis Ritson, O'Hara Davis. Like they, They're the guys. O- O'Hara's got himself a world title shot, hasn't he? I think O'Hara's well, ahead of him at the moment. Yeah, no, no. What I mean is they're the guys above him, Yeah, I think. And then above them is Taylor and Cattrall. Let, let's make that clear. Okay. But I think Josh Taylor's probably done at this weight division. So um, I think the Catsall fight is a reach. I think there's a gulf of fighters here, just domestically, never mind internationally, where he's got to he's got to prove himself at this level before he goes to this level. And Catsall for me is Do you this think level. He's done so. that? Do you not think he's proved himself <clears throat> domestic level? I mean, he's mopped, he's mopped that Lonsdale belt up. Yeah, but what I would say is 
No, what, what I'm saying is O'Hara Davis, Lewis Ritson, and maybe well, I think O'Hara Davis Jr. If you take, are a take O'Hara out of that level. Yeah, if you take yeah, O'Hara out domestic of that, level. because he's he's doing well with the WBA, isn't it? And for whatever that is worth, I mean, we've no, we're no value in that really whatsoever. But he has, he's earned his way to an opportunity to be mandated against Roly Romero. So he's going to be fighting at what you would class as world level. I would say then Ritson, uh, Robbie Davis, I think they're, they're a rung down. Okay, if you, if you want to put him in with those guys, cool. But I think Dalton is on a level now with those lads. I'd like him maybe to have a little bit of a look at a European title or, or that European level and see see where he's at from, from that European stage. I'm not saying let's... Obviously, you, what you just said there about talking about Jack Catterall. No, okay, not just yet. But let's have that European benchmark. Boom. Mm. And if he comes through that, mate, then, you know, we're, we're talking some serious fights then, aren't we, going forward? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's ready for that now. You know, three three successful defences. But more yeah. than anything else, you know, there, there was, I wouldn't say question marks, because he won, he won those two previous defences, certainly the last one, you know, convincingly. But this was different. This was him stepping up and going, right, I'm Opponent ready now. came to fight, man. Opponent yeah, man, I'm ready, Good amateur I'm ready to put on a show. Yeah. And I think, yeah, again, the ambition of Sam Maxwell kind of caught up with Sam. I'm, I'm gutted for Sam. Because it's going to be a long, hard conversation with himself in the mirror today. Because he lost every round and he got stopped in emphatic fashion at domestic level, albeit against a kid that is ready to go way beyond domestic yeah. level. But it's hard to come back. If you're Sam Maxwell, it's hard to come back now. There is fights, of course. There's domestic fights. certainly think there's a, there's a big fight with Robbie Davis down the line, which would do well in Liverpool. But it's going to be hard to, to make those sacrifices again when you've you know, Sam Maxwell's been boxing since he was a baby, he boxed all over the world, fought Lomachenko twice, and you know, lost to Josh Taylor in the Commonwealth Games semi finals. You know, he's been there and done it at amateur and pro level. And to, to see your career basically, you win a British title and that's it, no defenses of it. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to bounce back from it from this kind of performance. But for but for 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 Dalton, wow, mate. Makes the business. It's time now. It's time to move forward. He's ticked that box well and truly. No more questions remain about his pedigree domestically. Let's move on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's been making me giggle, right? <clears throat> Obviously, our mate Josh, right? Sheffield Wednesday's on, uh, Mr. Windass. He was uh, there last night. Was he messaging? Of course he was there, mate. Of course, this is what I'm bringing it up for, right? Because I don't know if you'd noticed throughout the course of the week, Match Room, listen, the Production when it comes to media is absolutely fantastic. The stuff that they cover and getting fans closer to the action, whether it's behind the scenes stuff and what have you. And they've done a little piece with Dalton. Windass is on the pads, isn't he? He's chucking his hands around. He's there doing bits. And I'm thinking, look at this lad, right? It's not enough to score a last minute winner in a playoff final and be the toast of the city. You've now got to come and get involved with boxing, haven't you? Right? He's in there. He's, he's, he's knocking about with Sheffield men, man. Dalton Smith. He's going to turn in. He's going to turn into what Liam and Noel were with Ricky Atten in late nineties, early two thousands. That's what he's going to be in it. He's going to be carrying Absolutely. belts, all of them. Him and Barry Bannon, pair of them. I reckon they're going to be there carrying belts and all sorts for Dalton Smith going forward. No doubt about that. I'm not knocking it, boys. I'm just jealous. Listen, why not get on board with the Dalton Smith train? Because it's only going in one flipping direction. Congratulations to him. Wonderful right. performance, according to my main man, of which I'm looking forward to downloading and watching on the plane over to uh, my destination this week. Now then, Manchester, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> I've got it all for you. Um, first and foremost, I would like you to make an apology. I've been, I've been asked, actually, for you to make an apology, right? Yes? And it's to team Mark Jeffers is who you've got to make yeah. an apology to. And the reason why I'm, I'm asking for this is because last week we previewed the show. We knew that it was going to be Mark Heffron coming in against Zach Chelly. I said myself, listen, disappointed. That would have been a great fight. Heffron last time out, we tipped him. We told you he's going to do the business. And he did do the business. Gutted that he was injured coming out of that. And Zach Chelly looked really good against Anthony Sims Jr. Again, Correct. looking forward to the knock. Heffron gets injured. They bring in Mark Jeffers. And my man here says, well, need to sell some tickets, don't they? Local lad from Chorley. So they get it local lad in. Need to put some bums on seats. I bet he did. He did put some bums on seats because half of them were fucking sat behind me, mate, sh shouting bloody living daylights at me, saying, Oi, come here, you. Want to speak to you? I've been listening to your podcast on the way to this show, <laughs> and your mate's been telling us that he's only here to bloody make the numbers up. 
I'll tell you something. Our boy is going to nail this kid. He's going to go and win. The, he's going to go and win this fight. Well, I'll tell you what. First and foremost, it's the it's the best fight of the night. Yeah, both of them, mega. both of them brought it absolutely. But a little bit of cream started to rise at certain points of this fight. Wonderful body shots, some wonderful shot selection, real good range control. Mark Jeffers, I'm going to be dead honest. What is he? 15 fights, 16 fights into a professional career. I have heard of him. Obviously, he's a local boy. I've only seen him fight a couple of times. <clears> I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget that name in a hurry. He was. He took it. He got given an opportunity last minute. He's been on that small hole scene. He stepped up. He took it with both hands. He's announced himself, and I expect to see him on my TV screen again sometime soon. Wonderful, wonderful performance from the Chorley boy. I'll, I'll shush up for a minute now because you can apologise him to him yourself before I move on with the rest of the card. I am, I am going to apologise because when you're coming at late notice like that, and it's a card that's distinctly lacking local, i.e. within a 10, 15 mile radius of the arena talent, you mm. think, oh, fuck, this kid's been brought in purely and simply to make some atmosphere. Um, and he did do that. He did deliver that. So I was kind of right. But maybe I didn't give him, quantify his opportunity <laughs> abilities. by the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah. he's 15 and oh man. And he's been banging on the door waiting for an opportunity like this. And when the opportunity came, as you've just said, then. He fucking took it with both hands. I bet he was running around, surely, dropping tickets off in fucking leisure centres and pub car parks and everything else, trying to get as many people there as possible, trying to show Boxer that he can deliver if they put him on these kind of cards. And you could tell the atmosphere was bouncing when his yeah. fight happened. And then he turns in that kind of performance as well. I thought he lost the first round, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. The place is going to be silent in a second. And then it was Jeff was just like, right, okay, you've had a go, Mr. Chelly. Now let me have a go. And from then I thought he put his foot down. I thought he looked absolutely brilliant. Like, what a performance. Don't get me wrong, I think Chelly came back into it down the stretch, last couple of rounds. I think you could see then Jeff's gas tank just started to slow down a little bit. You yeah. can understand why he took the fight a 10 round at late notice. But, mate, nothing but love, respect, and admiration. For Mark Jeffers stepped in, <laughs> stole the show, mate, son. Congratulations! Mate. That's how you do it. Yeah, but one thing that I will say, Mark, if you if you are tuning into the show, because I know that listen, there were there were a couple of people. I think his name was Rich. I apologise if I've got your name wrong. Right, he waited behind till I'd finished radio show. Like what was it about half eleven, quarter to twelve? Him and two lasses yelling at me from the back of the room. So I've walked right to the back room and he obviously picked up this that we're talking about right now. And we started talking. He's a fight disciple. He listens to the show. So a little bit of a, a, a mention to him. Um, and he was obviously telling me a little bit more about Mark. Great. So Mark, if he's passed this on and he's told you to listen to the show today, one thing that we're going to offer you now, mate, is how to do a post-fight interview, right? Now, obviously, you're going to think, how are you two going to give me any advice? Because all you do on this show is swear. Yes, you are 100% correct, mate, right? But I've never seen so many expletives dropped in a minute on the telly live television that's Charlie, that's Mate, Charlie for you. I felt I felt Franny Scott he's got his microphone there he asked him first question he goes sorry about that that was shit and I went whoa here we go this is a bit interesting I think he dropped an f-bomb in there he dropped all sorts of stuff and Andy Scott's going yep got to apologize for that as well amazing Unbelievable. Listen, at the end of the day, like you say, he were, I think he was a little bit overwhelmed with the situation. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. You get the call, you step right in, you go and deliver, you get the decision because he might not, you know what I mean? You never know, do you? But he got the decision, rightfully so. Uh, wonderful um, work from that team. Wonderful work from him. A little bit overawed at the end when it came to his post-fight interview. I'm sure when he gets a proper opportunity, which he should do now, he'll be ready. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I'll come up to Charlie. I'll we'll do some dummy interviews, mate, yeah? We'll do some dummy interviews so you're ready for the television next time round. <laughs> Congratulations, good on him. pal. Good on him, seriously. Yeah, yeah good, good on, on him, man. Good That's on him. how you Proper do it. Story, That's man. how you fuck. Don't get ready, stay ready. And he was ready. Yeah. And when the call came in, mate, stole the One shot. of Mick Jennings' boys. I'll tell you what was. In fact, whilst I'm thinking about this fight now, his corner team, two members of his corner team, they didn't give me shit, right? But they were proper dead-eyeing me at one point. They were looking over from the court. So it must be... Just remember, yeah? 
I'm I'm the guy from round your way. He's the scouser that said it. I didn't say anything. Stop giving like- me shit for things that he says on this program. They were actually both looking at me when the when the decision was coming in because they were looking over. They always ever you know what it's like. That all corners look over to commentary teams and what have you. What do you think? Is it yeah, ours? Yeah. Is it not yeah. ours? Uh-huh. And Mick Jennings, to be fair, I've, I've known him for a bit. He looked over and I just nodded and I went, "Yeah, man, he's pissed it." To be fair. Um, and obviously the decision comes in, he gets the decision. And then they're all celebrating in front of me. I'm going, I didn't dog him, right? I didn't say anything. <laughs> Stop giving me the crap. <laughs> but anyway, Mate, well done. I didn't dog him. I no, just, you didn't dog him at all. You didn't dog him at all. You I, just I basically didn't dog him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all, not at all. I like and Mick Jennings. Get... He's a good lad. <clears throat> yeah, he is a top, uh, top guy. Um, listen, Mark, well done, mate. Great performance. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully, you've already had a conversation with Ben and the Boxer guys, and we're going to see you out again sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I talk world title fights, I'm going to go Callum Simpson, first and foremost. We said on last week's show uh, that Boris Crichton would... uh, I thought it was a great piece of matchmaking because we've seen Boris Crichton in with Lyndon Arthur. He gave him a little bit of a hard time. Lyndon came through. Um, Callum Simpson talked a wonderful game throughout the course of the week, and we're expecting something quite special. Um, But... As proven, he's a tough guy, Boris Crichton. Very difficult to get out of there. I thought at certain times Callum looked absolutely fantastic. Sometimes he smothered his work a little bit, a, a little bit too much. Um, but all in all, for this stage of his career, um, I think it was quite a decent learning fight. Decent opponent, decent piece of matchmaking. Okay, it's not one of them where you're all going to bounce down the street and be singing the praises. Wow, did you see that? But Callum Simpson comes through. Uh, and moves on. There's bits to work on, but there's also little bits there that you see and you think, yeah, he could be, do- he could do a little bit of something to Callum Simpson. So keep an eye on him for the boy from uh, mm-hmm. the boy from Barnsley. Um, right, Ben Whitaker. Did you see any of Ben Whitaker? I watched it. I watched it all. Yeah. All right. Look at you. You better than me this week, mate. Fair play to you, uh, Ben Whitaker. We said on the last on last week's show, the opponent is durable. You've seen. Uh, that it is a bit of a yardstick opponent. He's been in with Carol Atuma. He's been in with Jack Cullen. Yes, those guys have beaten him. Carol Atuma got him out of there, I think, in seven. Um, and it was an opportunity for Ben Whitaker to just see where he's currently at in the pro game. He comes out. He does Ben Whitaker stuff, doesn't he? Fantastic ring walk. Looks a million dollars. Good looking back that he is. Were Shorts were immense. Weren't they? Mate, they were absolutely... Yeah. Everything about him, you're just looking at him going, ah, this is depressing. Well, look how good he looks yeah. as a fight. Just, just aesthetic, <laughs> aesthetically, just outstanding. Isn't it? Depressing yeah. how handsome yeah. and talented that isn't man it? is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking bastard. Yeah. Anyway, he gets in there, and do you know something? I actually thought before, just before the first round finishes, I thought he's taking it seriously. Look at this. He's, you know, he's he's on. He's doing his thing. This is good stuff. Then he has a bit of a dance, and I think, okay. Okay, that's cool. There's a little bit of razzmatazz. We're all right with that. Then there's a little bit more razzmatazz in round number two. I'm thinking, okay, you've had six minutes of razzmatazz now. Let's let's start to do it. And I thought in round three, that was perfect because he he just picked it up, went through the gears, and obviously ended up dropping um, Belushi uh, in that round. And I thought, right, there you go. You've now figured out what you've got to do because the dude's tough. He's got a granite chin, it looks like. He's really well-conditioned. He's coming in good nick, so therefore those body shots, single body shots aren't going to work. You've got to go through the gears and you've got to put the combinations together. You've got to overwhelm the guy. And that's what he did in round number three. Round number four, five and six, it just started to tick a little bit. Don't get me wrong, there's, there's, there's bits of entertainment, there's bits of good stuff in there, but it just starts to tick. And I just thought to myself, is he trying to pace it? Is he going to try and see that he can do the full eight? What's he going to do here? And then, of course, um, we get to round eight and he starts to go and he starts to tee off. Was it an early stoppage? That's going to be the shout from many people that watch the show. I don't think so. I'd rather, I'd rather Mark Lyson be slightly too early than, than too late. That right hand, I mean, it, I was literally feet away from it. And the dude was tough. I gear that. He'd taken an awful lot of punishment up to that point. That right hand was a big right hand. And it stood him still for just a split second. And, and Ben jumps on it. He starts to go through the gears. I have no, I looking at it objectively, even though I'm a big Ben Whitaker fan, objectively, I look at it and I go, I have no problem with that stoppage. 
even though I can fully understand if people say, oh, it's a little bit early. I'd rather that than him take an absolute pasting. So I'm sound with it. And all in all, from a Ben Whitaker point of view, you had a durable opponent in front of you. You had to figure some stuff out. You gave the fans a little bit of razzmatazz. You had to figure it out. He figured it out eventually. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, th- I think he could have done it a couple of rounds earlier. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think he could have done that in six or seven or eight. Now only Ben can explain why he didn't. Maybe it was. Maybe he was he was keen to get the rounds in. Um <clears throat> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The, the stoppage, I've got no issue with the stoppage whatsoever because Belushki has lost every single round. The, the, yeah. the, he's, he's in no way, shape or form going to get back into the fight. You know, this wasn't like um, the main event out in Ohio where it was he was a live opponent right until the final bell, even though he was behind. Belushki was miles behind and he couldn't really lay two gloves on Ben Whitaker. So I've got no issue whatsoever with the stoppage. But I just think that if Whitaker had done that a round or two earlier it would have had the same results because he could hit Belushki with whatever he wanted. He could unload when he wanted to. Maybe Whitaker just wanted to get them eight rounds in. You know, I think it was a bit of a statement to go, yeah, I've coasted through eight rounds. Here's your highlight reel stoppage as well. Boom, let's move forward. I, 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 I don't really understand the criticism of Ben Whitaker at the moment. You know, people are, are, are taking pot no. shots of him because of the razzmatazz and the, and, the, and the playing round. And, oh, you know, you can't do that against journeyman. Of course you fucking can. This That's is where you perfect it. Yeah, this yeah. is where you perfect it. You put on a show. You know, you can't just turn up in the world's greatest boxing shorts and expect that to be enough. You've got to put on a bit of a show as well. So I'm all in on the Ben. I'm I'm drinking that Kool-Aid of Ben Witter. Come on. More, more, more. That's all I can say. I wish he could fight every other month because he's got so much talent, so much ability. Yes, Belushki's miles below where Ben Whitaker is. But this is the fight game, and Whitaker's got time on his side, and he will get there eventually. And I think he'll get there sooner rather than yeah. later. But he's doing it in style. He's doing it with highlight real moments. And Sky, no, this guy can be a potential pay-per-view headliner yeah. for Sky further down the line if they can keep hold of him. It's about getting him there and getting him the, the right fights at the right time. He's not a one-trick pony. Don't no, don't get com- people people that are watching it. Don't get confused with oh he's just all flash. He's all fart no shit. No he's not. When you there's certain moments in the fight when he does go to fundamentals and you think fucking hell man you're really really good. His feet are brilliant. Yeah. His range is the way that he his reflexes are outstanding and the way that he the thing that you know that I love a slip counter right. I can't get I I just get off on it. But the way that he He'll jab you to the body, proper jabs. He'll 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 spear it in. He'll spear it in, and and Belushi at certain times he's he knows what's happening. So he's he's covered up. He's covered up. He's waiting for something. He's waiting for the touch. The minute the touch comes, he'll he'll try and he'll try and throw something. But Ben's gone. He's absolutely yeah. gone because he knows. He's just gone bang. I'm out. And then Belushi throws and bang. He's straight back in. There's so many positives from from watching Ben Whitaker. And yeah, all right. The, the great shorts, the ring walks, the flashy stuff, the dancing, the beckoning to the crowd and all this type of stuff. That's up here, right? Anybody that knows what they're watching, this kid's got it. Yeah. And I guarantee that as he comes through the levels, the ring walks will still be there. He'll still do all that because that's him. And you want that to still be there. Of course you do. But I guarantee that when he knows that he's in there with some real jeopardy, when he's in with some real dudes that could, you know, he makes a mistake and they could put his lights out. He'll he'll start to he'll start to shore up. Maybe there's a quite uh, listen. The only thing that you can take away from that as a as a doubt maybe is one punch knockout power. That's it. That's yeah. the only thing that you can take away. Oh, is it there? Is it not there? 
I actually then used the yardstick of other opponents that can crack a little bit. I mean, Carol Toma was a fantastic amateur himself, wasn't he? And it took him a little bit of time to get rid of this fella. He's a durable dude. He knows exactly what he's doing, does Belushki. There's not going to be people that are putting him out in the first round, is there? So, okay, maybe you can come away from that going, has Ben Whitaker got the one-punch knockout power? Does he need it when he's got the speed and the accumulative shot selection that he has? Bits yeah. to work on, but I thought that was a positive performance to come away from. Yeah, loved it. <clears throat> Enjoyed it. Now, Tasha, man, we told you last week, didn't we? We fucking told you what this fight was. Candy Wyatt, with all due respect to her, th- she's won one of the last four. I can't believe this isn't. This isn't on the. This is obviously um, a sanctioning body thing from the IBF. To put her in at number two, given the fact that she she's had a go at Jessica McCaskill, she she came up short, and it was a very similar visual looking fight to what you saw last night with Natasha Jonas. She, and we said, listen, Tasha's miles ahead of this kid, absolutely miles ahead of her, and she will absolutely walk her way through to the IBF uh, Championship. And we had then a pathway of what we would like to see next. The fight, Tasha Tasha can only beat what's in front of her. She comes yeah. out, and one thing, one thing that I will say, my word, man, what she is experiencing right now, just from love and adoration from fans, is mad. 18 awesome. months ago, 18 months ago, we were like, oh, is Tasha on the way out? Is she going to call time? Is it going to be one of those careers where it was so close and didn't necessarily materialize, not getting love from a promoter, not getting um, the matches that she wanted? But Ben Shalom came along with Boxer and said, listen, we believe in you. We want to put you on Sky. Um, we'll look for some opportunities for you. It might not necessarily be in the weight division that you're currently fighting at. Let's see what happens. And she had this wonderful Indian summer, up at 154, where she's unified the division. She's been brilliant, and she was absolutely the fighter of 2022. But that has given her a platform to obviously do more on TV be a presenter a little bit as well. Obviously, be into... Mm-hmm. And people can see a lot of themselves in her. She's a mum, you know what I mean? That's Where balancing... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's balancing that with with her own dreams and aspirations. And obviously, she's getting to the <clears> twilight <throat> of this career now. She's into her mid to late 30s, you know what I mean? It's not going to be for here forever. People are looking at her and going, I see a little bit of myself in you, mate. You're a bit like us. And... It was so evident when she walked out last night. Yeah, she brought a big crew from Liverpool. I saw half of them in hotel afterwards, mate. They were having a fucking whale of a time celebrating two weight world championship. Let me tell you, there'd be a few of them turning up with sore heads to that football match you're playing in. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but it was wider than that. It wasn't just the Liverpool thing. She got a real good pop. Okay, what is that? 7,000, 8,000 people in the arena last night. The top tier wasn't on. It was just bottom tier, but it was full-ish, the bottom tier. And they loved her. She walked out and they were going wild for it. And I thought, wow, what a turnaround this is. This is not a turnaround because she's not necessarily not been disliked, but I'm just saying that the growth of adoration for her is absolutely there. And she and she absolutely fed off it. You know, she felt that energy. She just went straight to it and went straight to work on Candy Wyatt. As I said, you can only beat what's in front of you. The gap in skill between those two ladies was evident from the very first bell. Tasha was outstanding first round. Big left hands, as we told you, right down the pipe were landing. Her footwork, she just looked awesome. And okay, it was a limited opponent. I'll give you that. Tasha's been in with far better girls than Candy Wyatt. She went through the gears and... My overriding thought, and I don't want to take any shine off Tasha because she was ace. She was absolutely brilliant. She just beat what was in front of her. I was screaming at the corner, mate. I was absolutely screaming at the corner. Now, people will go, well, could the referee not stop it? I think the referee wanted to stop it. Marcus McDonald was there. And I don't know whether this came through on TV. There's several times, and we're talking early from rounds three onwards, He's, he's literally just saying, Tasha, just tee off now and I'll go, right? Because, because Tasha was boxing. It was yeah. bang, bang, stop, bang, bang. If it had been bang, 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 he'd have been in. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He was waiting for it because Candy Wyatt was taking a systematic beatdown. And after five rounds, I get it. It's a world championship fight. 
But this kid is not landing anything at all on Natasha Jonas. She hasn't done anything to show that she's got the capabilities of landing anything on Natasha Jonas. And I just thought a corner, it's like, you lot can be brave as fuck. You're not doing the fucking work. This kid's mm-hmm. getting her ass kicked. Get if you if you've got any feelings towards her whatsoever, just save her. It's not it's pointless. Get her out of this fight. I thought I thought it went on maybe two. I know it's they're only two minute rounds, but it went on two rounds for me, maybe even a little bit longer. Too long. The corner should have pulled her out. Yeah, the the you know, in in if you were scoring this using the MMA damage oh, duration. Mate. Ten X galore. It'd be fucking ten eight every single round. Natasha just first round, she only stays up because of the ropes, mate. She gets clocked and she only stays up because of the ropes. And listen, I understand where Tasha's coming from because listen, it's a you're trying to make a bit of history. This is Liverpool's first ever two weight proper world title belt world champion. And even though that probably means nothing outside of Liverpool, Tasha would have had that in the back of her mind and yeah. Certainly, Joe was talking a lot about hey, the build-up. That hotel knew about it, let me tell you. That hotel party knew about it last night. And I think there's a level of give the girl some respect. And when you're having so much success, you're like, it can't be this easy. I can't gamble. I can't walk into something stupid. Can't afford mm. to lose at this stage. I'm just going to stick to my boxing and let me boxing win me the fight. And then I think it got to a certain point where Tasha was like, I've just got to put my foot down now. I've just got to get this girl out of here. I'm like you. I think she could have done it around four or five. Um, but it was just a... It didn't feel like a world title fight. It wasn't. It was Mate, that I'm, much of a mismatch. That's not on that Tasha. And, 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 no. and with all due respect, it's not really on the promoter, right? I know that they're obviously navigating a career here and trying to get her into a position. That's on the IBF. That kid should not be ranked number two with the IBF. Is the, the talent? I get it. The talent pool isn't deep enough. I get it. I get it. But come on, man. That she is not. She, she's not world title level. Absolutely not world title level. From a Tasha point of view, listen. I've, I've I've said what I needed to say. Right. McCaskill's fighting Sandy Ryan. For the and the unifying the division. Natasha Jonas's next fight has to be the winner of that. Don't. Come at me and say, oh, well, you know, what about Chantel Cameron and, and Katie Taylor? No, no, no. Let, listen, let Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor deal with their own shit, right? The winner of that absolutely takes on the winner of McCaskill, Ryan, Natasha Jonas. Undisputed, undisputed. That's how I personally see that all playing out. But you can actually throw a little bit of a bomb on top of that by, I sat, I, mate, check this out. I was in, I was in awe last night. Clarissa Shields just sat next to me all night, near enough. All mega. night. Well, not mega when Cruz de Zern's fighting and she's bloody well, yelling she's in my ear, yeah. Re- yeah, yelling yeah. bloody instructions every two minutes. But what <laughs> what a woman, man. Top, you know what I feel about her. I think she's an absolute mustard fighter, but she's a top kid as well. Loads of good crack about her, good banter. And I just put to her, I said, listen, you fight at 155 when you're at MMA. So can you get down? She went, mate, I could get down to 154, no problem whatsoever. I said, I could do 147 if you want me to do 147. I said, listen, I don't want you to put yourself at risk or anything health-wise. And she went, I can do those weights. If the fight's there and the money's there, I can do those weights and I will gladly fight Natasha Jonas at either of those weights. So there's another option maybe uh, going forward for uh, for Tasha. But personally, I want to see the undisputed fight at 147. Yeah, the problem is, is that it's it's a that's a cross-promotion fight. And as we've seen previously, is that, People may say that's not acceptable, though, is it, mate? That's not acceptable yeah, for us for them to do that. That you do what's best for Tasha. I, I think more realistically, they're going to start hammering up a lot price opportunity. I think it's too soon for Lauren Price. I don't think she's ready for she's ready for a, a Candy Wyatt, but she's not ready for a Natasha Jonas, in my opinion. But it's a great fight. I think stylistically, that's where it's mate, Lauren Price is very good. Lauren's game is anything. I'll tell you what, Lauren will give uh, Natasha Jonas a much tougher night than Candy Wyatt will. I just don't know whether it's a little bit too soon for for Lauren Price, but I think that's the way they're gonna. That's the fight they're gonna try and force feed us to keep it all in house, unfortunately. And that's, with all due respect to Lauren Price, that's not the best fight and the best opportunity for Natasha Jonas. So who knows? Maybe Tasha at this stage of the career just goes, "Nah, man, I ain't doing that. I ain't giving someone a leg up. I'm the fucking. Yeah. I want to build big fights on my it. legacy. I want to add to my legacy. Yeah, because you know, there's the I, Tasha can absolutely." 
go down to light welterweight as well. If there's an opportunity yeah. there. And yeah, Chantel it's... Cameron, if she comes through Katie Taylor rematch, I think Chantel Cameron versus Natasha Jonas is a much bigger fight. But again, that means crossing over and things get messy. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, great performance, Tasha. Congratulations. What an Indian summer you are having. And fingers crossed, it is the undisputed fight. I'd love that. I'd absolutely love to see it. Um, then you get the main event. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Texting me during this, right? <laughs> well then, as we said last week, Savannah Marshall could have made this look relatively easy. She's big, long, strong, good jab, good backhand, good footwork. And Cruz de Zern ain't that good. She's just rugged. She comes forward, she wings her hooks in, she wants to make it a scrap. And that's exactly what happened, man. Cruz de Zern, from the very get-go, got her own way. She got her own fight. She got exactly yeah. what she wanted. I was a little bit surprised with the tactics, I'm going to be honest with you, from Savannah Marshall. She was crouching down, she was kind of giving away those advantages, and she was entering in to a fight. Whereas her advantages, in my opinion, were boxing. If she'd have boxed, then it could have been, one, a little bit prettier and a little bit easier to watch. Uh, yeah. And two, a little, <clears throat> bit of an e a little bit of an easier night. I thought the first four or five rounds were very, very tough to watch. In fact, the whole fight was very, very tough to watch. It was horrible, let's be straight. But the first four or five rounds were just, oh, it was a barroom brawl at times, pal. Yeah, when I got, if it wasn't for... Tasha making a bit of history. This is one where you delete off your player straight away because it was fucking horrific. Um, like, Cruz de Zern, I knew she was limited. I've seen her box before. I know what she's all about. I know she's mm. rugged. She's like a bit of a female version of um, of a Coley, but shitter, a lot shitter. Without landing any big bombs at all, she's just punching old, punching old. <laughs> Mate, what an what assessment of a fighter! A shit, a callie. Jeez, that is there brutal, you go. isn't it? That it is brutal. Cruz de Zayn peaked with the Star Spangled Banner. She should have fucked off then. She should have sang the national anthem, which was brilliant. Like she has got a crack on voice. <laughs> yeah, full pipes. respect. Yeah, she should have got out the ring after she'd sang the national anthem. She was rubbish, mate, to be honest with you. And I'd hate to go back and watch everyone she beat to become a unified champion because they must even be, they must be absolutely garbage. Um, Savannah, you're right. Savannah fought. You're, a, you're a harsh, you, aren't you? You're harsh. You're right. Listen, techni technically, I get it. I get what you're saying. She's got a lot of heart, the kid. A lot of heart. She's um, just a fighter. She's just, yeah, she's just a fighter. She's not a boxer. She doesn't box. I know. Um, but Savannah didn't box. That's the whole point. And like, yeah. Since day one on this show, since Savannah turned pro with Peter Fury, we've been like, mate, they're a match made in heaven. Are they the best partnership in British boxing? He just brings out the best in her. She's this, she's that. For the first time last night, I watched it going. She's morphing into Huey Fury. Mm -hmm. Always sinking, sinking to the right as you throw your left hand. Mm -hmm. Like, Huey does that all the time. And you're like, stand the fuck up. Box and move. Just... Uh. Ah, same thing every time, and I'm like, oh my god! Mm -hmm. And it, like, don't get me started on a hair either. That just looked horrific. The whole thing was a ten round car <laughs> what crash. A random shout! <laughs> Look at you now. You just right. My takeaway from it is <laughs> Savannah's a lovely kid, right? And yes. for her to hear the words "undisputed," great, fantastic, great stuff, great stuff. However, right, there's going to be noise off the back of that fight, right? Here we go, then. Let's make the Clarissa Shields fight. Right, okay. Why? Why? Because we've seen Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. <clears throat> Nothing is going to change just because it's gone up to 168 pounds. Nothing at all. Clarissa will do the exact same thing that she did last time. She'll stand there on her head. We told you that she'd do it at 160. She'll do it again at 168. Now, from a Clarissa Shields point of view, if that's the most amount of money, if she wants to be undisputed yet again for a fourth time, then cool, man. I'm all in. And obviously Savannah's going to want to try and get that one back. But from a sporting contest point of view, it, it's relatively easy to pick. Relatively easy to pick. Don't make any... Oh, it's 168 now. She'll knock her out this time. No, she won't. She won't fucking land on her. Because yeah. last, last night, again, I actually thought that 
Savannah, listen, she fought the wrong fight and she looked bad. She didn't look great in becoming the undisputed champion of the world. She just dogged it out. And fair play to her, man. It was rounds eight, nine and ten where she dogged it out and just took it over the line in order to claim the championship. And she did it against a very, very, very limited fighter who, again, was just trying to dog it out. That's all it was. It was a battle of will rather than skill. For Savannah, the only option is Clarissa. Clarissa's got the world at her feet, mate. She's what? It says it all that. Even earlier on this show, we were talking about potential next fight for Natasha Jonas. I'd be interested to see Clarissa if she could move down to 147 mm. and take yeah. on Tasha. I think that's a fantastic fight. And if I yeah. was Sky negotiating with Clarissa Shields, and obviously they, they're still in tight with her, negotiating with her. They had her on uh, at ringside, obviously, on Saturday night. They flew her over to be to be ringside. I think the big sell here is the Natasha Jonas fight because I'm buying into that. I'm like, okay, will the weight here, Clarissa? Can Tasha keep this Indian summer going against the quote? That's a boxer match I want to see because Natasha Jonas just put in Another faultless display against limited but faultless. Savannah Marshall fought an equally limited opponent, <clears throat> albeit the defending champion. Again, how I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know there ain't enough bodies at 168 to make it competitive. That's how it is. Correct. Correct. And she puts in that kind of performance where I'm like, Savannah, Jesus Christ, you look like you've gone backwards. I've got no desire whatsoever to see Clarissa Shields fight Savannah Marshall. Two, mm-hmm. well, three. Make that clear. I, mate, I do. Mate, I'll go interested. because I want to watch Clarissa Shields. I'll go because I'll I want watch. to watch Shields. But if you're but doing a contest, it's not there. Tasha Jonas, oh, I'm yeah, all in. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all in. That's a proper fight. Boxing match. It's a boxing match. Yeah, it's a boxing match. Yeah. Um, anyway, congratulations, Savannah. She got, she got to hear undisputed. Rightfully so. I've no problems whatsoever with the result. Um, it just isn't something that I want to watch ever again. Um, Moving into the heavyweights in Toledo. All right, all right, all right. Listen, we said last we week... We have to apologise to Charles Martin too. No, do we fuck? Yeah, we do. But no, we, we picked him up last week. We said, listen, man, you put your hand up. You should. You put your balls, balls. on the line, son. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Charles Martin put his absolute stones on the line by taking this at short notice. And you thought to yourself, mm, you're walking into something here, son, because Jared Allenson's the absolute business. But it just goes to prove that along the, the path, of going to wherever you're going, you need some proper tests. And okay, Charles Martin, as we have said, when he got to the very top level, was limited at the very top level. He picked up a world championship fortuitously, stepped into an Anthony Joshua fight, and he got found out, all right? But underneath that level, he's, he's kind of perfect for the, for the gateway to the top. And Jared Anderson found that out. He found that out in Toledo. It started well. They had a little bit of a look at each other, didn't they? Round three, big bang Bosch at the end of that round. And you're thinking, here we go. Big baby's about to go through the gears now. Yep. I'll tell you what. He's such an athletic big motherfucker, isn't he, man? He's just, he, he could do any sport, Jared Anderson. Any sport whatsoever. Yeah. We're lucky that he has chosen boxing. Lucky. Thank the Lord that he chose boxing because American needs. They got wilder, don't get me wrong. Love a bit of that. But in the heavyweight division, you need that. American interest, don't you? And obviously, he's a young pup coming through, doing his thing. Um, and I thought he was going to go through the gears then, but Charles Martin was having none of it. He's like going, all right then, motherfucker. Yeah, dropping me. Who do you think you are? Round five. Woof. <laughs> Knock shit out of each other, didn't they? You were all over the place. He's going for a dance at certain points in this fight. He's Jared Anderson. And that's another little tick. Because Jim. even though I expect, even though I expected... There to be questions. I expected Jared Anderson to come through this relatively easy and, and Charles Martin to go over at some point. Charles Martin was having none of it. He asked questions of Jared Anderson. Jared Anderson answered the questions. I think this was a massive win-win. Anderson wins, no doubt about it, but I think it's a massive win-win on the journey of Jared Anderson. Yeah, he'll be a much better fighter for it because, as you say, started really well. Charles Martin looked big, looked a bit sluggish. But after he got dropped, Charles Martin, he kind of went like, oh, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to have a go. <laughs> and that lead left hand he was throwing from the southpaw stance at times, especially in round number five, he was smashing Jared Anderson's head yeah. back with it. 
But I want to see that. I want to see Jared Anderson come through these kind of, not necessarily a tough moment. He wasn't gone at any stage. But there's a few times he was like, come here, come and have a big hug with the big baby because his legs were starting to, and he was taking too many shots. Mm. But you want to see that? Let's tick them boxes along the way. You know, we talked yeah. about this quite a lot when um, Daniel Dubois fought Joe Joyce. And we were like, we've never seen Daniel Dubois actually hurt. What will he be like when he gets hit? And what? Yeah. Happened when he got hit, he shit himself. He'd look like he'd never been hit before in his life. Whereas yeah. Janet Anderson got hit and went, Yeah, man, okay, you get it. This is heavyweight boxing, it happens, and especially the output Janet Anderson has. He throws a lot of volume, he throws a lot of shots, especially for a guy of his size. Mm. When you throw shots that that often, obviously, someone like Charles Martin, as limited as he is, is experienced enough to be able to throw a counter and land counters as well, slip shots and land and land big bombs of his own. I thought Jared Anderson won it at a canter. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but he got out. But he got out. And absolutely won yeah. the fifth. Maybe even won the last as well. And yeah. like right down to the final bell, he made Jared Anderson work for it. That's the best ten rounds Jared Anderson's probably ever had in a competitive ring. Massive box ticked for him. He moves forward. He plows forward. Yeah, I'll tell you another thing as well. Again, he's no joke. I'll tell you another thing as well, mate. What I was impressed with. The fans came out in Toledo for him, didn't they? Yeah, mate. There's a, there's a bit of something special popping there for uh, for Jared Anderson. Obviously, we're high on him in the world of boxing, but the fans yeah. obviously are buying into to the local lad as well. Yes, I'm all in. I was all in what? anyway, but it's nice yes. to see a bit of a chin check. I think as well, as well as the chin check, you're you're watching Anderson. You're thinking. You can see the youth, the exuberance. That yeah. I'm the main event in my hometown. It's all about me. I've been riding horses with Roy Jones to build this up. Top ranker giving me the full, this guy is the future of the heavyweight division. And he was excited. And he was falling over his shot a little bit. He was a little bit too much over the front foot, which left him wide open to those straight left backhands. There's certain points in the fight where you're like, that needs tidying up. That needs tidying up. But that's a good thing. He's mm. just beat a former world champion, whether you like it or not. A former world champion. He's won at least eight of the rounds. He's had a chin check. He's making rudimentary mistakes that an excited young fighter will make. These are all learning experience. He'll go back and watch that and go, what am I doing? Bloody hell, look how excited I am. But he will learn from it. He'll know next time. Don't get so giddy. Don't get so carried away. Don't, you know, think, oh, Charles Martin, where's that way? Oh, I'm going to blow him away. Man deserves respect. He's been at the top of the tree and he's put his hand up at late notice to go, go on, I'll come to Toledo, fight the local prospect. Mm. And I think he, Jared Anderson has learned so much from those 10 rounds that I think it will be the making of him as a fighter moving forward. The hard part now is how do you keep moving forward? Because mm. as you say, Charles Martin's a little bit of a gatekeeper to the contendership. So, I think originally they might have gone, well, we put Mahmoudov at Pajori <laughs> on the undercard and he'll nah. fight the winner of that. No, 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 Stay the fuck away from Mahmoudov because Mahmoudov is a fucking monster. Mate, I was just about to say the same thing. Me and you last week were going, oh, this is amazing from top right. Look what they're doing. They're having their own little two competition. Semifinals. They put two semifinals on there. Winners are going to fight each other. Mahmoudov goes in there, right? Knocks it uh, at into the fucking roll Z, and you think to yourself, hmm, <laughs> maybe not on the, yeah, maybe not just yet, yeah? yeah exactly. Eventually, listen, we're not going to shy away from it. Eventually, yeah, these guys have got to fight each other because the two top dudes coming through, aren't they, in this heavyweight division? Mike Madov's just, I think, a little bit further along than Anderson right now. He is a bad, bad man. Arslanbeck, Mike Madov. Wow, mate, that uppercut that he landed first round, I was like, "Whoa!" I'm surprised his head's still on his shoulders, mate. That was just silly. Apajori's sure got a fucking cracking chin, but mate, mate, you can't let someone as big and as brutish as Mahmoudov just tee off on you. Mate, it wasn't he was knocked out on his feet, pal. The first, he was. Yeah, the first, it was brutal. The he could have been stopped in the face, and he's just like that. Yeah, <laughs> like. That's a dude knocked out on his feet, mate. He got cracked. I'm, I'm glad the referee stopped it in the end because he was falling over his own feet. But, mate, that Mahmoudov, it ain't the sweet science. It ain't beautiful. But I tell you what, he's, he's a serious dude, mate. He's a serious dude. Because he's got, 
He's just got that flathead syndrome, <laughs> big long arms, sensational fucking. Big... He has no neck. His head is in his shoulders <laughs> like that, isn't it? <laughs> and they're like, you could hit him with a baseball bat, and he's just gonna punch it in the face. That's the problem he's got. So yeah, Jared Anderson don't need any of that smoke anytime soon. And Makhmadov has just once again proven to uh, the heavyweight division that he's fucking king and fully signed up president of the Who the Fuck Needs Him Club. Oh, fuck me, man. Do you know, outside the, the clown show that is currently going on in the heavyweight division, it's actually quite exciting underneath. It is. <laughs> you've got Jolalov to add into this as well. Yeah. You've got Law, you've got a couple that you could throw in there and you go, Oh, I want to see all these guys coming through. I don't know whether they're gonna get Absolutely. opportunities because in the heavyweight division, nobody actually fights each other. But mm-hmm. this lot are all ticking along, and you're thinking, hmm, this could get quite tasty eventually. Yeah. Anyway, there you go, kids. Look at that. We've blasted out an hour, early doors on a Sunday morning, giving your podcast nice and early. Uh, hopefully, uh, that uh wets your whistle. If you didn't see any of those fights that we were talking about. We'll have a little bit of a nosy in. Uh, we'll be back at some point this week to preview the boxing that is coming up this weekend. All right. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us, fightdisciples.com. Everything's there for you. Every audio feed and also a little bit of a link to our YouTube channel. Thank you so much as well. If you are subscribing to our YouTube channel, I've noticed that the numbers are starting uh, to very slowly rise. But if you could tell your mates, listen, a couple of lads here, they go on YouTube. They have a little bit of a chat for an hour about boxing every week. They have a little bit of a crack as well. It's all there for you. Get them to subscribe uh, to the channel. Much appreciated. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.